This is the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I'm Chase Holden, joined by Dale Tanhart, as always. And welcome to our Phoenix recap and new bets for Atlanta Dega. That's right. We're going to Atlanta Super Speedway this week. But first, we got to talk about what went down in Phoenix. Also, we're going to get to your Twitter questions at the end of this show after going over some of these new odds that have dropped for Atlanta. But for now, let's go ahead and get ready to dive in to the race, the heartbreaking race for Kevin Harvick, betters and fans, Kyle Larson, betters and fans, not Willie B, betters and fans. Great race uh, for them and for other people that had a bunch of props. One of those people that destroyed Vegas was Dale and Dale is here. Dale, how, how are we doing uh, this, this fine Tuesday morning? Fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited. As uh, if anybody doesn't know, we will be in Atlanta this weekend. I think we're going to be doing Dale Center at Hooters. Um, still waiting for confirmation on that. Uh, if not, it'll still be the same old program uh, in the heart of America. But talking about Phoenix, it was everything I expected except for overtime like i remember in our in our pod we did post practice i was like you know what i think if i had to lean towards a direction on what we thought about the arrow package and the hendrick car issue i was like i think it's an overreaction i think it's gonna be a very predictable race of return to normalcy because we've had a year under our belt with this gen 7 car and we have seen a pretty massive return to normalcy and the style of racing, which is, I think is good for betting, good on my end, because I always been said, I have always said, like, uh, my strategy is based off of what is most likely to happen. And 2022 in the Gen 7 was not the case at all for people who, who follow that strategy. 2023, I think, will be. And that's the good side of it. The bad side of it is that the Aero package was still not good. It's still bad. And we were talking before we started recording and, and just me venting, like, I don't understand how we had so much time to test out this race car. It had an extra year with COVID. And, like, they preached that this diffuser was the greatest fucking thing ever. And it was going to defeat the dirty air problem. And it has done the exact opposite. I mean... We have some of the best engineers in the world who helped put this Gen 7 car together. And I, there's a lot of really good things about the car. But the diffuser, it has done the exact opposite of what it was preached to do. And consequently, no passing at Phoenix. Very, very tough to pass. Um, but, you know, it got bailed out by an overtime finish thanks to Harrison Burton. Can't wait to get to questions because there's a lot of people who are uh, they've got the pitchfork and the torch waiting outside of Harrison's house on Twitter because they're fucking pissed about uh, Kevin Harvick. Because, hey, look, you were on Kevin Harvick. I was also on Kevin Harvick. That was tough. I definitely wanted to see Kevin Harvick win that race. But nonetheless, it, this is a lot deeper than just the overtime caution, in, in my opinion. But specifically for betting, I think it was – predictable it was it was fairly predictable and uh clearly team hendrick did not miss a beat uh, yeah. after they still had those parts confiscated 
Yeah, so like everybody's wondering now, like, are we going to see penalties? Are we going to see the penalties for the Louvers? Are we going to see them? Like, colleague, uh, I think, had the same thing happen to them, too. So, who knows? Uh, I, there was no penalties issued on Sunday. That would be something that would happen, uh, you know, this week or next week. Yeah, this week or next week. So, so that's a report that I'd read over on NASCAR.com. But, you know, you talk about the dirty air thing, and it kind of brings me back to like what, uh, what our guy Chase Elliott said last year you know it's like until you really learn a new way to kind of like defy physics it's going to be pretty hard to uh to get rid of the dirty air problem entirely so oh yeah you'll never defeat it like and when i say defeat it like it i'm kind of exaggerating they said the diffuser would help a lot they said it would be it would help mitigate the issue of dirty air to a high degree and it's one thing if it helps or somewhat is decent but it literally has done the exact opposite i mean purely the exact opposite and i mean we can just go back it's kind of go back and look at at, at gen gen 6 era racing you can look at gen 4 era racing car tomorrow all these eras didn't have this bad of a passing problem most of the time up until we had the 2019 to 2021 intermediate era package and uh really scary that tyler reddick said I don't. I haven't seen the pod or listened to it, but it is scary that he said we're kind of moving back to the five fifty because everybody's figured it out. I, I really, really hate to see that. I hate to hear that at least. So hopefully NASCAR continues to be proactive, and and maybe I, I just hope they take those motherfuckers off entirely. Yeah, uh, that's my biggest hope. They're gonna find a way. I mean, it's not gonna be this way forever. It may be this way this year. But like you said, hey, it's becoming a little more predictable now. So there's pros and cons to everything here. You know, if they were trying to talk to, you know, just a casual fan that didn't know much about the car or how it was built or how it was made, most people think a diffuser is something you put in your house to purify the air, you know, with essential oils. So, you know, technically they could have just put one of those in all the cars, you know, trying to be a little eco-friendly. With some uh, with some nice fragrant diffusers, so it may. I mean, it really. I don't think it would make much difference uh, if if they actually had a car part or one of those types of diffusers on the cars, because it still is what it is. But the good news here is that there's always room for change. There's always room for a future. So that matters a lot. And with that being said, yeah, the Harrison Burton spin. I just want to go ahead and let it be known. Um, he probably didn't do it on purpose. Um, if he did do it on purpose, shame on him. It happened one time. Thank you, blue tire. You bet on a lot of people. That's why you you check bets and you make sure that you uh you you have yourself hedged. That's why you make sure that you know you have a, a good pool and you check lap averages and you check data and you check statistics, statistical information of life. I personally did not think Willie B could could go the back to back. I didn't think he had the swag in him to do the back to back. But damn it, boy, did he show me wrong. And then he went and posted on Instagram with Drake's back to back from SoundCloud. He posted a video with that song. So it really got to got to. Yeah, it showed a new light. It showed a new light for Willie B. And uh, and, you know, w- Willie B's got get a little pep in his step, man. He's definitely one of the drivers out here. I could see walking with the white top hat and cane. I will say that now. So shout out. See to- my, did you see my tweet? Somebody had tweeted like, uh, somebody had tweeted like, wow, I can't believe like 
how much William Byron has grown over the past few years. Has he got a beard? And, yeah, like now he's got a he did have like the flippy hair and and skinnier face. Now he's kind of grown into his face. Now uh, you know, businessman, like you used to say. Benjamin Rick Hendrick. No. His dad's well, a businessman. Yes, that was it. Dad's a businessman, yeah. But uh, I, I quote tweeted and said, on the left, which is the old picture of, of William Byron, I said, dollar bill, Will, right picture, big Benjamin Bill. That's the difference between 2018 and 2023. And I definitely didn't expect this either. But uh, they started hot last year, winning two, two out of like four races and then nothing the rest of the year after the Darlington issue with Logano. And now this year started off super hot and have won two consecutive races at at two tracks that he has not won at. I will say, like, he would not have won either race without overtime, which is the crazy part, right? Like, Kyle Larson ran away with it at Vegas. Caution comes out. William Byron's pit crew steps up. Phoenix, same thing. Uh, William Byron's, well, actually, Kyle Larson did beat him off of pit road but william byron just came through in the clutch in the final restart and hung with them on the outside and you if you, at phoenix if you can stay on somebody's outside and not get cleared like you're probably going to take the spot just because of the the momentum off of the corner uh, whether it's turn two or turn four is much more advantageous than running the bottom and he hung with them and and just came through in the clutch but He's a yeah, restart renegade. Restart I, renegade. I think um, we because when we did the Dale Center Marathon at the Rolex, we talked about all the over unders, and I think William Byron's win total was at one and a half. So he's already hit. That's the first over in the Cup Series to hit uh, is Willie B's. And, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong. If if you did have that, tag us and show us a betting slip or or some kind of verification that that was the line. Uh, and speaking of which, another guy that just cashed his over for the year, uh, another bet we talked about at Dale Center, which I know I said, got to take the over on this one. Sammy Smith, new Joe Gibbs racing phenom, number 18. Uh, and 18 years old, Sammy Smith won the Xfinity Series race. And we had a profit on that day, too. I had Sammy Smith top three, top five. And once I saw some lap times in the first 20 laps of the race, I was like, yep. We're gonna put a live bet on Sammy to win, and it was a it saved us considering all the other things that happened in that race. So, couple a couple uh, preseason futures have already hit in, in the season. So, shout out to Sammy Smith. Had to give him a shout out in the Xfinity Series race, which was also a good race that uh, did have a late race restart. And it wasn't overtime, but um, they were saying it in the Fox booth. Man, Phoenix is like I couldn't believe the stat. Phoenix is third, at least in the Cup Series, third in cautions in the final 10 laps to Talladega and Daytona. Like Daytona and Talladega have the most cautions or overtime finishes. I can't remember the exact stat, but late race cautions in the final 10 laps. Daytona first, Talladega second. Those could be inverted. And then Phoenix third. Is so when they nasty? said that, what's that? It's got to be a conspiracy, maybe. Yeah. When and they said that. Don't line up. Dude, they were trying – Clint and them were trying so fucking hard to jinx Harvick too, man. Like, when they said that, I was like, we're going to get a caution. It's going to happen because they won't stop just trying to jinx this. And 
They did it. They did it. Luckily, I didn't have that problem because we were on playback. You know, we we were the broadcast. Not listening. Yeah. Everyone muted it and they listened to us the whole time. It was a great time, by the way. So if you're listening to this and we're a week and on a weekend where we're not at a racetrack and we're home, you need to check out playback.tv slash garage guys. And that's where you can watch us uh, broadcast a race. So if you don't want to listen to Fox, you don't want to listen to NBC. Um, you come listen to us, Garage Guys. Playback.tv slash Garage Guys. Just yeah, Playback's sick, man. I love Playback. I hope everybody who has hopped in our sessions and our broadcast has had a good time sweating bets with us because I, I know I have, and I know you guys did on Sunday. But um, luckily, the overtime deal worked out just because I had so much on the board. I basically, basically took everybody who was super fast except for Kyle Arson because – just I, I can't do I couldn't do plus three fifty plus three hundred. It's just and I told you this last night. All, the amount this is an eye test thing, right? Like there's all these tangibles to different expert NASCAR betters, but one thing I value is the eye test. And I've been watching NASCAR for so fucking long. Like my whole life has been dedicated to the sport, with the exception of 2021 when Kyle Larson won the championship and dominated the season when he unloaded with the best car every single week. I've seen Kyle Larson so many times over the past decade come into the weekend, like with Ganassi especially, with the best car, blow everybody away in either practice or qualifying. Everybody's like, Larson's going to win. He's going to blow everyone away. He goes out. He leads 150 laps. He leads 200 laps. He dominates and then gives the race up gives the race up in the final 1% of the race. That has happened so many times with Kyle Larson, and it's no disrespect at all. Fucking love Kyle. Been on our show a bunch, and he's a champion and a beast race car driver. But there are times when either A, he has trouble closing out races, or B, just as unlucky, right? Like kind of similar to things that would happen to Mark Martin, I feel like, have happened to Kyle Larson a lot in his career. Same height. Uh, probably so, yeah. They actually probably are similar in that regard. But could be so. Um, yeah, no, I just I've seen it so many times and I just cannot, I couldn't make myself buy it at the three and a half to one. But if I had intuition before practice and and, t- and I would I, I would have one hundred percent taken the nine to one. There's no question about it. So that would have if you had gotten the nine to one. Man, you were sitting pretty after practice because that would have enabled you to bet on him, Byron, Harvick, Blaney. I mean, you could have literally bet everybody who topped the charts in practice and averages, and you would have had a good day. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. my spill on that. Well, no, that's a good spill too because uh, I, you know, and the spill continues, man, because uh, I got some things to say about it as well. It's it's kind of tough because looking at this, especially over the last two weeks. The reason that I pulled the trigger on him at plus 350 and loaded two units down on him to win was the sheer factor of Mad Kyle, uh, if there was a Mad Kyle. And he had every right from a racer standpoint, you know, because he's he's like, all right, this has been two times now that I've gotten beat on these restarts. It's like a driver like Kyle Larson, you don't want to believe that that'll happen a third time. And especially at a track like Phoenix, where in 2021 he did win a championship. And you you want to think that he's going to be like, all right, 
If I get control of this race, no way in hell that I'm not going to have control of it. And I was just mind blown at the fact that a few of those guys snuck up like Ryan Blaney there at the end. Like he, he seemed like he was running back more into the late 10, like the, the late tens or whatever. Six. Yeah. Between six and 10, like yeah. all day. Right. And he was just, just kind of coasting, you know, and that's what you had from a lot of people. So you want to think that Kyle Larson, the driver that he is, you're like, all right, he can take care of this, which is why we saw some people put their fucking mortgage on him. And unfortunately, uh, it was 2008 and it was not a good time, especially if you were invested, you know, in the market. So home loans, not good, uh, in 2008 betting on Kyle Larson, the mortgage, not good in 2023. Uh, so yeah, that, uh, I, I just got to feel like this just adds more fuel to the fire, but it's like, now you just, what are you going to do? I, I I can't do that again this year. I don't want to do that. I don't like doing that. That's that's F one betting. Me neither. Right? And, and you know I'm guilty. I I can resonate because on Saturday, I put the house one of my biggest bets of the year probably on Kyle Busch for a top three in the Xfinity race, and he lost it in the last on the last lap. He lost. He ran up in the top three the whole race and lost it on the last lap. Legit. And, oh, so that hurt. That def- that was what. Killed my Xfinity card from being huge. So I understand, you know, in in some way, shape, or form. But the, the thing that we hadn't really talked about is how good Kevin Harvick was, man. Like, this is what we hoped for. This is what we talked about. I uh, talked about it on Dale Center. We talked about it on the pod. Kevin Harvick had the best car. Kevin Harvick was the guy to beat. I mean, the two guys that made up the most track position, and, and I'll put Tyler Reddick in third. Tyler Reddick had a great car. Like we talked about, like we had hoped as well. Uh, Harvick started what fifteenth, and just slowly but surely, just na 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 na, you know, Jaws type of shit snuck up, and nobody was able to pass a leader all day long. I remember Clint Boyer was freaking out, and it was actually a good Clint Boyer broadcast moment when he he interrupted the crank it up because Kevin Harvick ran down Kyle Larson and passed him for the lead, which was impossible. For the first ninety percent of that race, in fucking possible. So Harvick was the guy to beat. Ultimately, when it came down to it, it was typical Harvick closer fashion. Until we got that caution with a handful of laps to go. But no, I mean it. it the, the other guy I was going to say too. Another guy we talked about, Chase Briscoe, and a guy that that hit a top ten bet for me. Chase qualified twenty fourth and finished seventh. Mm-hmm. Dude ran his way up the field. It took a while, but he was there. Like he he was in contention for a top five run. And man, it was just so fucking hard to pass. But I think if you had Harvick track position early, Briscoe track position early, those two guys, Stuart Haas guys, we had a lot of questions about the SHR. I think those two guys were neck and neck with the Hendrick boys. And then throw Tyler Reddick in the equation too. But I hate it for Harvick so much, man. We got it. I I definitely hope he gets that win, at least one win in his final year. And it really, in all actuality, it should have happened on Sunday. It should have. We'll probably see it at Richmond, and we know that we could probably see it at Michigan again because those are the tracks he did win at last year. And he almost did win at Phoenix last year. I had bet on him last year, too, to win, but they really came to play, so... You know, the block's a little bit hotter. And I'll say this, too. Yeah, Chase Briscoe, that was one of my top 10 bets that did hit. The other ones, not so much. 
Um, but I know Chris Busher was running around like 12th, 13th. You thought at any moment he might just needle through at the end, and that's what I was kind of hoping for until that last caution happened. But, you know, I- I'm going to digress from that just because of people named Zachary and Lewis that still piss me off. Th- those are two names that, uh, that I'm not too kind with. And uh, you mentioned a couple of guys that were in a uh, in, in lineup that won Greg Mathern some some moolah on DraftKings. We don't really talk DFS on this podcast. Wait, Zachary Lewis. DFS. Zach- Zachary, Zachary Lewis, uh, they, uh, they work for DraftKings support, and they wouldn't oh. lock my account. Uh, they gave me the most runaround that I've ever dealt with in my fucking life on DraftKings uh, on a day of a race. I've never had an issue getting my account unlocked uh before uh lineups locked uh but they they really felt like pissing somebody off and they did and they did it on the worst possible day that they ever could have because it but it's kind of my fault for going back and looking at at dfs lines that were real at one time but did not exist after the fact because i didn't get to put them in but yeah um i spent i spent a good four hours working on dfs projections and uh, and we talked about him on a Twitter space, and a lot of people won money off of that, doing a lot of Kevin Harvick Briscoe combos, the Stenhouse play, the Ryan Priest play, which by the way ended up being huge, you know, because I, I felt like SHR could have a really good day, and I felt like if there was any one of their cars that would fool us, it would be Eric Amarola, that he would be the trickster, and so. By playing Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, and Ryan Priest, not being afraid to play Ryan Priest, people were able to win some good money also having Kyle Larson and Willie B in their lineups in Stenhouse. That was the winning lineup. Uh, it existed on my, in my 20, and it sucks. I, I cannot wait to take a, a tournament down. I'm going to take a tournament down this year, uh, You know, kind of in another dimension where Zachary and Lewis didn't exist. Uh, I did already. But we're going to do it, and I believe, and, and I'm feeling better than ever now, and I think it's because I'm not doing DFS content anymore that I'm actually getting to focus more on it, and and we're just talking about it like 30 minutes before a race, and it's uh, it's, it's working. It's working this way. So we're going to keep doing what works, and uh, and we're also going to keep betting too. So that's Yeah, the- I, saw, I saw some people thanking you for that space. Uh, that, that was cool. And – yeah, I mean, talking about I talked about Briscoe and Harvick, Ryan Priest definitely, and that was the one. I had a couple bad beats. Luckily, we just stacked the board and and had a massive day on on Blaney and Reddick and Harvick and, and Willie Bees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally picked the top three finishers essentially, so that was cool. But um, if there was a bad beat, it was definitely my Keselowski over Priest head-to-head matchup that I talked about on Tail Center on Thursday. Like Brad K beat was beating Priest for 99.9% of that race up until overtime. And I don't know what happened. I saw some people in Discord saying like he he broke a gear or something at the end and just had to ride around. But that sucked if you had that matchup, and I hate that. But that's 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 what overtime does, man. That's what those late race cautions do. They it can cause such a such a stir and what your returns are going to be on bets and DFS. So you got to kind of count for them too now I feel like I, f- I feel like in in today's world even though they say oh you're not supposed to count cautions as a part of your strategy. I personally do because I'm like when is the last time we've saw a race that didn't have a co- I think Auto Club 
where they didn't have the caution in the last. But how? Five how? What? How? Do you, how would you do it? Because I disagree entirely. Tell how would you? You did it the perfect way at Phoenix. You looked. But I didn't. You looked but at I, times. You looked at speeds, and then you made sure to have uh, at least one out of th- one to three guys that were up there up front that are actually running this thing down that could run this down. But and, it wasn't. It wasn't on the premise of if a caution comes out, though. It was on the premise of. All right, if one of my guys doesn't win, I can still put myself in a good position to have a decent profit, like a four-unit day is what I would have looked at probably if – so let's say Larson wins that race and Byron finishes fourth instead, right? I still put myself in a good position, not because of a what-if caution, but just taking all the guys that I thought would run up front no matter the scenario, which is the way I think you have to look at it. Um, I don't know how you cap – overtime stuff like i i think and i think if you think about it too much you'll actually hurt yourself in the long run it's an intuition play it's a, it's a complete intuition play and it's kind of just like doing the strategy you're talking about making sure that you have the guys that you know are going to be fast and then you gotta also have somebody like look at reese like what the times that i look at the most is like i like to see like fastest on restarts i like to see shit like that because if i know someone's got a fast car they're good on restarts if there is an overtime and they're like up in the top four of that, then I, like, I'm going to be happy if I took a guy like that, you know? So it's like little things like that. And I mean, it may not always work out, but it, you, those are just like the ones where you, that's where gut boys exist sometimes, dude. It's just because like, that's where that comes from. And yeah, you can't think about it too much. You just got to say, you know what? I got a weird feeling about this. I'm going to go. I'm going to throw the dart. Like, don't be an idiot. Don't put like, you know, a hundred dollars on BJ McLeod as your gut boy. But I'm just saying, you know, I feel like there is uh you're not always going to call it right. Some will, some won't, whatever. And then you got to keep moving. But you, and you, dude, right. I have been I've been doing this since 2019. I have been burned by late race cautions and, and not just cup like I, I cap everything. So I've been burned by late race cautions between all three national series uh, an unbelievable amount of time. So I feel everybody's paying on that. And like it, it's the Jimmy Johnson mantra. Right, you got to be good to be lucky, and you got to be lucky to be good. And Jimmy Johnson, in his career, I mean, there's nothing more appropriate I can think of that that describes Jimmy Johnson and his all his championships is got to be good to be lucky, and you got to be lucky to be good. And sometimes that's what it takes. Like when we get these overtime finishes, it's a shit show. It's a coin flip. It is it, it, true. Greg, I think Greg Mathern tweeted that, um, and we're gonna get to these questions at the end of the show which I'm glad we had this conversation because it definitely is basically answering one of the questions. But Greg Mathern tweeted back at somebody who asked, like, how do you cap overtime? It's like, man, it's a coin flip. It truly is a coin flip because, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't think when that last caution happened, I thought everybody would for sure take four tires because tire fall off was insane. What we learned was that the two-tire call was the right call because track position still means more because of the dirty air problem. You just cannot fucking pass. So um, those are elements that are just too tough to consider. And as we both said, you don't want to get to overthinking. You don't want to get to overthinking. I think if you stick with your process, that usually works. You got to think about what is most likely to happen. That's what I've been preaching on this podcast for like two years. What is most likely to happen is what you got to go with and you got to, these things are going to happen in racing. It's just part of racing, unfortunately. But I think majority of the time 
you'll see that your process will work when we see these races avoid a late race caution. Very true. Very, very well said there. So I think it's safe to say we can move on from Phoenix. I'm ready to move on from Phoenix. I'm ready to put that behind me. We have Atlanta coming up this weekend. I'm excited about it. Odds have dropped on DraftKings, Caesars, and Barstool. And I've already made two outright picks. Um, They're not like anything up in the top because let's be real, guys. This is a super speedway. And these odds that come out for this race from here on out will be in the same category as odds for Talladega and Daytona. And you've got to understand that. So not much movement to be expected unless we get behind something and make it move. Um, and, and I think that that is uh, what has happened to some of these guys. I haven't got to look at what you've done. You haven't got to look at what I've done. We're talking about it here for the first time. Uh, some of these bets that I, that I've had, I'll go ahead and give one of mine. I think that was the easiest no brainer of all time was Corey LaJoy at 7,500. I got that on Caesars. I mean, all right. So you have, yeah, I I felt like, I feel like that is a no brainer. I feel like everybody should have hammered that one. We saw what he was capable of at Atlanta in the summer, uh, the race at chase one. And I I mean, I feel like now, like that's the highest up I've ever seen him run in a race like that. Like he, he definitely could do something. You can put a little bit of money down on something like that. He could turn into big things. And he's, uh, he, he seems like he's pretty locked in so far this year. So like, yeah. And, and look, look, Corey LaJoy P five at Atlanta one and a lap away from winning Atlanta two, running P two in the last lap. It's one thing if it happens once to call it a fluke, but when it happens in both races, not a fluke, not a fluke anymore. And I've seen a lot of people complaining about the odds, right? Like, um, I don't, I don't know what Superbook posted. I, I don't get on Superbook cause it's like a Vegas book or whatever, but That's terrible. Um, apparently their odds were like so bad, but most other books, I don't like these are, you said this is a super speedway. Like technically it it, it is, it's a mini super speedway is what I like to call it. Like they'll never budge in calling it a super speedway because it's a mile and a half, but it races like a super speedway with a considerable handling factor. You're not going to have tire wear, but you are going to have some handling issues, right? And we learned that last year and I'll, I'll dig, dig, I'll dig and dig more into this, but talking about the lines, like these are pretty accurate and pretty close to what we saw like at Daytona and what we would see at Talladega, right? Like some people like Greg says, Greg Mathurin says he thinks it's crazy to bet on Willie B at like 11 to one. Right. I disagree with that. I think that's not the worst price ever. Like I'd hope to get like 12 to one, which doesn't exist at this moment, but I don't think that's crazy for a guy that's on a heater and is the defending champion of this race. But I'm on Corey LaJoy with you for for what I what you said and what I reiterated about. I don't think it's a fluke. And people are complaining about, oh damn, like he is down to 66 to one and 50 to one on some books. I got it at 75 to one for a, for a penny basically. But I would bet it down to 60 to one because I don't think it's a fluke. You're still hardly risking anything. At 60 to one, you're not risking shit on a guy that almost won this race last year. So I would bet it down to 60 to one, like DraftKings says 50 to one. I'm not going to, I wouldn't touch that, but 60 to one is the lowest I would go here. So I feel like we're getting a little spoiled 
on these odds, they're not bad, in my opinion. They really are not bad. Um, and another guy, I'll go ahead and, and talk about my favorite guy to start out. It's Brad Keselowski. And it's exactly what I hoped he would open at, which in the Discord I predicted between 18 to 1 and 22 to 1. A couple books opened up opened them at 18 to 1. And then we saw 20 to 1 pop up. And I immediately grabbed the 20 to 1 for Brad Keselowski, who is I always talk about being a super speedway god, and I just don't think you're going to shut him out two years in a row in super speedway style racing. I don't think it's going to happen. I will bet on him outside the Daytona 500 where he's cursed. I will bet on him at every single super speedway of the season. And Atlanta, there's going to be a handling factor, as I said, but but the draft positioning making aggressive moves is still going to be paramount in winning this race. And I think if you're at 20 to one on Barstool, which is not the case anymore. Now we're looking at 18 to one. I would still take it. I would still take 18 to one. I think if there's one guy, which I, I, I got three guys I would give for this scenario. If there's one guy that I would trust more than anybody to end the Chevy streak at these super speedway style races, it'd be Brad Keselowski. I think there's a good chance we see him back in victory lane this weekend at Atlanta. And I'm going to ride it all year on these super speedway races every fucking time. Yeah. Well said there. And I, I like the mighty Bush too. I've been on uh Chris Busher top 10, like the last two times at Atlanta. Um, I don't think it happened the last time, but yeah, he's, it, sneaky. he's sneaky. Yeah. He's a sneaky play there. RFK kind of sneaky so far this year. I didn't think Brad K was going to do what he did at Phoenix. I'll say that much, but well, he's been fa- that's a thing too. Like, you want to add some more confidence to that. He's had speed at every race this year. He was good at Auto Club. He had some speed at Vegas and he had speed at Phoenix. He didn't get the finishes every time, but the program has clearly taken a step up from last year. I mean, a big, big step up on raw speed. So consider that as well. And you could have a Brad K, a good Brad K run this weekend. A Brad K payday. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we we we've been waiting since the dual dual number one of 2022 for Brad K payday. Hey, we're due, guys. I think I'm I think I'm gonna get on the boat with you, man. I want I want to go into Atlanta this weekend, just like let the bodies hit the flow. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing more that I love than when we don't talk about who we're betting on, and then we're like, oh, sweet. Like that is the best weekends ever because the celebrations are just through the fucking roof. Um, yeah, for sure. I love that. So well, let's just stay on the the super speedway, not super speedway, but betting the super speedway guys train. The other outright that I do have, I locked in Austin Dillon at plus 4,000. I feel like those are really good odds for him. Um, and, and I think that it, it's safe to say that he'll have some extra energy in the booth because I told Paul Swan I would bring him a replacement. Larry Mack uh, ripping the cigar uh, garage guy NFT. So I'm bringing that to him in Atlanta this weekend. So, Paul, if you're listening to this, Austin, if, if, if you happen to be listening to this, why are you listening to this, Austin? It's illegal. Um, but if uh, if you're listening to this, Paul, I'm bringing it. So there's going to be some extra energy in the box there for Austin Dillon. And we, we all know that Austin Dillon loves Daytona. So this isn't Daytona, but kind of races similar. A little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't think I need to say anything else. Everybody should know that Austin Dillon's good at super speedways. Yeah, I um, I don't, I don't think I'll be on AD, but I, I understand it. Like, 
40 to one actually, I think is a pretty good price. I wonder if the books are kind of saying, Oh, they haven't been very good this year. Like, uh, did you not haven't had a lot of <laughs> yeah? I mean, him and Kyle, which, which look, Daytona required some luck. Oh, oh, you're talking about the 500. Yeah, he was up there in the 500 for sure. Uh, but I, I think about the fall of Daytona where I grabbed him. I had him at 30 to one, I think, or either that or 33 to one. And yeah, you were 30. Um, you've got a couple books that are giving him 40 to one. I think DraftKings, FanDuel, and Barstool are giving him 40 to one. So I think that's a worthy play. If you if you like the super speedway guys, sneaky guys like 40 to one, don't have to risk much. And can uh, have a pretty fucking hefty return if he gets it done. So I'll stay. I want to stay in that in that category of sneaky guys. If you want to go with a theme about Chevy, who's in the Gen Seven era, has been really good at the at the super speedways, including Atlanta, uh, has won every single one except for the 2022 500 with Austin Cindric. I'm riding with a guy that I always ride at these races with Justin Haley. All right, Justin fucking Haley. I saw on the Discord after I went to sleep that somebody had posted him at 66 to 1. And I think it was points bet, which I, you know, I don't Ooh. use communist sports books. I but... got a free bet, though. Free communist oh, bet? That, is, that, is that acceptable? That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Right. 100%. Come on. That's absolutely. But <laughs> I got, I got, I got 60 to 1. I, I think 60 to 1 for Justin Haley is a good bet. I, I, just a sneaky guy who is going to, a good super speedway style racer. Uh, had solid middle of the line results at Super Speedways in 2022, and all it takes is one man. All it takes is one. He's racing the Xfinity race on Saturday in the number ten car for Colleague, getting a little bit more track time. And I just, I, I'm always so high on this dude at this in this style of racing. If Colleague brings him a decent race car, just watch out. Watch the fuck out. I, I I really think Justin Haley will come through and if not win a super speedway race in 2023, be knocking on the door of winning one by the time it's all said and done. So love Justin Haley at 60 to one. I think that's really good value. And I'm also going to go with his teammate, uh, AJ Allmendinger. AJ was competing for the win in the late stages of that Daytona 500 made some good aggressive moves took the lead at one point with a few laps to go guys AJ's aggressive and we've seen how good he is at the super speedways and during his during his very strong tenure in the Xfinity series same kind of deal man if he gets a decent race car watch out I think AJ's a very sneaky play and you're on the theme of of Chevy, right? If you if you're big on Chevy to continue their winning streak in this style of racing, those are two Chevy guys that I'm already on. I got AJ at fifty to one. I would take forty to one. I would take forty to one for a sprinkle. That's as low as I'd go on AJ Allmendinger. But if you can find fifty to one anywhere, as more books continue to open up lines, uh, I, I would take it. No question in my mind. DraftKings right now is the one book that has 50 to one for AJ Allmendinger. I'm um, looking right now at FanDuel. FanDuel also has 50 to one. There you go. Barstool and Caesars has moved down. DraftKings and FanDuel still 50 to one for AJ. Sneaky Chevy. It's a sneaky Chevy. I'm on both collar guys this weekend. The block is hot for the Bowtie boys. It's true. Um, I think that it can continue, and I'm going to be excited to see how it does shake out. You're talking about Justin Haley. I think I'm really excited to see Jay Hay and the college crew, mainly because I got to get a new circle uh, filter for my bottle. 
Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I got I got to go see the homies. Be like, "What's up? Need to get that circle." Dude, need- that circle thing is sick. It's the best. My kid drank all of the fruit punch juice, though. Like he literally tricked his mom. Like she was like, "Oh, mom, I'm drinking my water." Like my kids got very smart. He's just like, "No, I'm drinking water. I'm hydrating. I'm staying hydrated." He's just like guzzling like fruit punch on an eight. Um, love that. Yeah, my son was a trickster. Uh, but yeah, I gotta get grab a new one of those. But yeah, I, I I'm right there with uh, what you're saying, especially after the AJ win at, at Talladega. He's uh he's oh, really that was so team. awesome. He's came into his big 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 prime. I feel like like he had he might have had his prime before. He's in his big prime. He's in prime number two. Okay, and then, and like when you get your second act, I don't know if for for those of you that remember, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's in his second act. Okay, it's a great act. It's a good time. Uh, so shout out to that. So we love second him. chances. Joey Logano, big second chance guy too. Mm-hmm. Thought with his hair. Lot of people thought. Well, yeah. not that, but sure you can throw that in there yeah but second chance on uh was terrible with joe gibbs got released basically went to penske and has now become a nascar hall of famer so hey aj Allmendinger, we're all expecting the road courses to be wins can't wait can't sleep on the super speedways and i was pretty scared in daytona because i did sleep on him for the 500 and he was there he was a factor so um other few guys in that i don't think a lot of people might saw that coming yeah, no, I mean, like you said, Dega. And, and when you go back to the Xfinity Series, him and Justin Haley over their three-year period racing together, I mean, the amount of laps that those two guys led and races they won is just unbelievable when you look at the level of dominance they had at the Super Speedways. So now it's all about Austin Hill and the Xfinity Series. But I I, I could see the colleague success translating to this style of racing more than any other style of racing in the cup series in 2023 a few more guys that i'm not on just yet but i think i'll be on and i'll be nice enough to share this with you guys because i'm i don't feel crazy about their lines moving around too much i'm gonna be on ryan blaney no question about it um 12 to 1 is what you're gonna get that's what you get for him in every fucking super speedway because he's one of the best and while we've seen Larson and Byron and, and Ross Chastain kind of move towards the favorite co-favorite mark, Blaney's just going to hang in there at 12 to one because the books are going to look at team Hendrick and really, really overvalue their guys because of their speed. Um, so I like Ryan Blaney 12 to one. I'm surprised that some books opened Bubba Wallace at 20 to one, a guy that I value as a top five super speedway racer in the series 20 to one is a good price. I like 20 to one for Bubba Wallace. And, oh, this pains me to say, but I kind of like Austin Cindric at 30 to one. I kind of like it, dude. I mean, look, look, Daytona 500 champ finished second in one of the Atlanta races here. Uh, Second or no, finished third at Daytona in the fall last year. Guy is a good super speedway racer, right? And the more he's been struggling since basically all of 2022 leading up into the early part of 2023, the books are going to kind of fade him. I think they're going to fade him. So we got that Penske speed, got Ryan Blaney already, or not already, but I will. I like Austin Cindric if you can get him at 30 to 1. I, I do kind of like that price. You I know, feel- I'm, I'm being real nice, all right? Yeah, it, it, too it, nice, dude. I don't like. I feel like that's like jumping a dumping a jar of mayonnaise on the entire city of Atlanta. Like if he wins, like well, that, that's the, th- the here's worst the thing. thing that could happen. 
But that you're you're spot on. And here's the deal: if we're there and he wins, that's gonna fucking blow, right? But we're we're the reason he won, and we're just gonna rub that in his face. We're just well, that's the thing, Austin. You won because of us. If I bet on him, it becomes an awesome moment, right? I win, first of all, and second of all, do I remove him from the dead to Dale slot? I don't know if he wins. If we bet on him and he wins, Dude, no, I'm, I'm not sure. No, but no. That's a big time moment. That that's the potential start of a redemption story. Who are you, dude? No, what? dude. If you no. hold on, yes. If you hit some, if a driver you bet on hits at thirty to one, that's a massive payout, dude. I mean, that is a favor. That is a favor. So great for money, but 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 think of I'm the still saying doing he's done to you. I know. Okay, here's all right for comparison. If Martin Truex hit at thirty to one. It's not a doubt in my mind. He's still going to stay in prison, all right? Because he he's done way worse than Austin Sindrick. It's Even crazier to me. This is not helping. <laughs> how how does how does that not how does that not make my point better? Because say it, I feel like Truex is on a worse, easier to take Truex and put him in an okay spot. Not how not how Truex has been worse. He's older. And he doesn't. What the fuck does age have to do with this? Maybe he gets tired of being in prison. Man, have some mercy on the elderly, dude. No, see, that's the thing. And I even opened that up telling you, I don't think I'd take him off of Dead to Dale talking about Austin Cendrick, but it could be the start. It could be the start of a potential redemption story. That's all I'm saying. I think a lot of people, if they bet on Cendrick at 30 to one and he won, they'd become fans. They'd be like, yes, I love you now. I love you now. Like, I think there's a lot of people that would do that. I wouldn't. It's going to take more. But it could be the start. All right, that's all I'm saying. I like, and I think it's a good value line for a fast team Penske Ford, thirty right. to one. That's fine. That's fine by me. We'll we'll leave that there. That that, that was that was a roller coaster, but but I, I understand and I'm here for you. Okay, so yeah. just some some outrights there, a little bit of leans that we've got going on. I like what we're discussing here, and there's going to be way more to come this week. We'll do a NAS bets live. Uh, we got Dale Center, and then of course uh, we're going to be in Atlanta. So we're, we'll be doing a lot of shenanigans uh, out there, and we'll also be uh, really crunching the numbers in real time uh, in the ATL. So shout out to it. Let's go ahead and hop over to Twitter now before we end the show. We're going to go over some of these Twitter questions. Hey, before right before we get in the questions, um, do not forget, newly announced, we are partnered with the Daily Downforce under the NASCAR pole position wing. And contributing articles to dailydownforce.com. I nailed my betting article I put out early Sunday morning. Got Xfinity stuff and truck stuff for this weekend as well. And most importantly, they're providing our brand new Garage Guys merchandise. T-shirts, hats. Our first official merch shop is, is has launched. It's activated. And there's already been a lot of people who have received their shirts and hats in the garage family. So, uh, wow, that's a garage family. Wow, usually garage fam. It's the Austin okay. Cindric shit. It's you still a family. Dude, it's pacing you. No, out. no, 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 no. That's a fan. It's still a family. Input mayonnaise on your cheeks, dude. Ah, oh, dude. It, hey, I, I don't think that sounded too weird. I guess we're just so used to garage fam. You say family, it's like whoa. Okay. It's like saying Todd. It's like Tom Brady, but saying Thomas Brady, kind of. Yeah, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. You hit, but the extra syllables on them. Yeah, look, hit the link in our in the bio on Garage Guys on Twitter or Instagram, Garage Guys Racing on Instagram, 
Garage Guys FS on Twitter. Link in bio. And the first thing you're going to see on that link tree is merch. Click that and we'll take you to our brand new merch page for our first drop. And there's plenty more to come throughout 2023. And be sure to check out everything going on at the Daily Downforce. Daily NASCAR content by NASCAR fans for NASCAR fans. They got you covered in any possible NASCAR content fashion you could ask for. It's true. It's very true. Shout out to Daily Downforce. We love it. I saw the hats yesterday. It looked great. Um, yeah, thank appreciate Trevor, man. I saw Trevor ball a rope hat. Discord Trevor's all the way. Also, got gotta give one shout out other than the hat. Discord Trevor hit the fucking psycho parlay this weekend. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I, I talked to him uh he hit the psycho yesterday or I, th- I think I think it was it was yesterday morning. I had talked with him a little bit about that. That's been years in the making. Uh so that was a uh it was a great day. I, I he he was super excited too. So RIP. RIP my parlay because Daniel Suarez sped on pit road. It was such a lock. It, all, it was a lock all race. And then Suarez sped twice on the same pit stop and lost to Bubba Wallace. So that hurt. But happy for Trevor. And Spurs said Lassa, who also, I think, has some psycho shit. Massive day. I need so to get those two guys amongst many. Game. I'm, I'm going to be calling them. I got to get back on my game with those parlays. Um, going into Twitter questions. Let's go ahead and start this out. Um, I see one of them. We, we, we already, I think we had already answered one of these. Uh, when is the GG giant hat going to be available? So for those of you uh, that have seen these, these giant hats that people are wearing in victory lane, which it was kind of funny, like the first time, but if this is like every weekend, it's not going to be a, a good time. It's already getting the shit memed out of it. And, and I think that it's safe to say that that we may have to look into making these hats. We may have to look into these giant hats because they're so goofy and stupid that they actually are in, enjoyable low key. Um, you know, and, and I think that we should we should make them and sell them with foam fingers as well. Our, our foam hands holding race flags. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I, I don't. There's a lot of people who are like so upset about these hats dude like who gives a fuck it's a like gimmicky hat. <laughs> it's fun i think they're fun man i i don't care i don't care at all makes, do i want to look like lego people do i want to see us come out with one of these hats i don't know probably not i don't want to like because we're, we're we try to be pretty original with, with with shit that we do i think we'd be kind of a copy we, we'd be late to the party so i would say never people have to be enough yeah, I would say never. Um, relative to Atlanta, Billy Webb asks, uh, how many people are going to speed coming to the pits with the entry being in turn three? A lot. I think there's going to be several several penalties, um, which I, it, it might would have – it definitely – if we do get green flag pit stops, that is, right? Last year we didn't have any green flag pit stops. If we do, this is definitely a better solution than what we would have had because – the corners are just so tight and everybody's trying to slow up, get on the apron. There'd be guys spinning out and it would cause a big one. No question about it. This still might cause a big one if it happens, but it's a better solution and it gets everybody woed up. It gives everybody a better opportunity and more space to woe up and get on pit road. So if you want to give me, I want to give an exact answer here. If we get a green flag run, I'll say five five pit road penalties if we don't get a green flag run 
two. I don't think we'll get many if we if we put under a caution. Okay, I want to go ahead and say that one of those will definitely be Kyle Bush versus Patience round three. Wouldn't um, that be that would be such a great sports book bet now. That would be a great prop bet if we wanted to get creative. Like relative to the track, everybody's speed uh pit road speeding penalty over unders. I think it'd be so book fun maker. to bet on. We'll call him Billy Billy Webb was now a Billy Bookmaker. He's making bets. He doesn't even know it. Um, I love that. But yeah, yeah, Kyle Bush will probably be one of them. Let's see how wouldn't be surprised. How long do I keep Harrison Burton in the doghouse after almost ruining my Sammy Smith weekend? You don't. You move on. I moved on. If I moved on, you can too. Simple as that. That's fair. You know, and and the week before it was Eric Almarola, right? And for most people, it was for the right reasons, right? A lot of people were on Willie B last week. Eric Almarola becomes a savior because of him crashing, bringing out the caution last week. This week, it's the opposite. The exact opposite with uh everybody betting on Harvick. So um next one uh and I want to say uh, Evan Hammond's not a question but Harrison Burton is my David Starr. Give that man a coloring book and some crayons, put the bumpers in his bowling lane. He's dead to me. Feel free to discuss. I understand. I understand Evan. I'm sorry. That sucks. I get it. I get it. That's I I felt the same way when the caution came out. I was so angry like my roommate was probably kind of scared of how I was acting because I was fucking pissed. Um, so I, I feel you. I feel you. But there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And um, I'll make sure we do. We put Harrison Burton somewhere for you guys uh, on Dale Center this week. Shout out, Evan. Shout out to Evan. Uh, all right. So, yeah, that was good. So you went back on that. Uh, you you want to pick up the next one since you we just read that? It wasn't a question. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, go fast, Troy. How do you cap overtime? This is what we talked about earlier. You can't, guys. You can't cap overtime. And if you start thinking there's a way to cap it, you're going to hurt yourself in the long run. And that, that's my opinion. Like, I think if you stick with what's most likely to happen, stick with your intuitions, your data, your analysis, I think – it will work out for you in the long run. Because if you start overthinking it, if you start thinking like, oh, well, William Byron, uh, real aggressive in pitch strategy, might take two tires if we get a caution with two laps to go. That is just so – I feel like that's borderline nonsensical to to overreach like that because the majority of races don't go to overtime. So stick with your process. Don't think about it too much. And, and I think you'll have a better, more profitable – nascar betting experience if you don't overthink the overtime thing it sucks as i said can't reiterate enough i've been fucked by it probably over a hundred times over the past four years i understand i get it but it's never made me it's made me sad and angry and upset but it's never made me change my process so i think that's the key here if you want a, a, an exact answer there yeah if you don't uh kind of a short answer on that Go watch the movie The Number 23 with Jim Carrey. Go watch the the 1998 or 1999 movie Pie. I uh, don't really know the actor's name from that one, but they drove themselves fucking insane overthinking numbers. Don't do it. It's a death trap. Um, Let's move forward. Jack, how do us as NASCAR betters defeat the Lakers? I guess that that could be the same question, yeah. the same thing, but I'm going to read it anyway. 
kills my weekend when the four car passed the when the four car passed the five the joy that lifted my body i shot off my couch like a rocket only to end up on the floor i i feel you i feel you jack hopefully we've answered that question um i was there with you uh i will remember you uh, let's see. Yeah, and look, I, I I'll provide one example of how I felt the same way, Jack. Um, Daytona 500. I was on Kyle Busch. Makes a great move, two to go. He's in the lead. Teammates behind him, ready to push him to a victory. Like, of course, we were really happy Ricky Stenhouse won, but I, I had a bad day at the bank because uh, all that optimism that that flew through my body in that number eight pit stall. We were there only to be sad i guess not in that moment but later on you know after i realized like damn like we had a terrible betting day in the 500 so i feel you it's part of it and uh we're, we're gonna get through it stick with your process and uh you, you'll have a better you'll have a you'll you'll have better potential to profit if you just keep doing what you're doing uh, i uh yeah or I'm, I'm gonna keep keep moving <laughs> should uh should Ross and Denny just fight? All right. Yeah, dude. I, I've been praying for that fight for a long time. I would love to see it. Uh, I think that that's exactly what needs to happen. I think there is no other way around it at this point. I mean, apparently, they uh, Denny was talking about how he just held him up on purpose, like at the race. Like, he just said, fuck it. Don't care. When, when you get to this point to where you, you, things get petty, when things get petty, it really is like a, a true testament to show like the level of, I guess, borderline respect these guys have for, e for each other or the level of fear these guys have for each other. At some point, the line of pettiness and fear is going to meet. And when it aligns perfectly right in the middle, fists are going to fly and it's not going to matter. And I, I do want to feel like that day will come but i'm also thinking that this has become too much of a marketable rivalry that they may just you know mcgregor mayweather it out for the longest so we'll see what happens i think um yeah i mean denny on his podcast said he was he did everything on purpose at the end of that race and it, it, that was pretty petty but denny's talked about it over and over again that he still has always felt like he owes he owes Chastain so much like based off everything that happened last year but he also said that apparently they talked about it and it they they have come to a truce they have apparently come to a truce so that will be fun to keep an eye on if it actually stays that way or who's going to reignite it um if, if that is the case and, and Denny's seems pretty frank and pretty honest about this kind of shit, especially on actions detrimental. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll fist fight though, but it would be kind of sick if they did shades of 79, right? The 11 and the one. Um, next question, Rob, Robert Morris is Byron a real playoff threat this year, or is the early success just a flash in the pan? Um, yes. And no, he is a playoff threat, and I don't think it's a flash anymore. Willie B got into the Cup Series at a very, very young age. He's developed really, really well. He's been through the trials. Last year, starting off hot, fading uh, badly. Great relationship with Rudy Fugel. I think this is a big, big year for William Byron, just based off of what we've seen. I did not see it coming. 
to this extent this early, but I definitely think William Byron will make the final four this year and compete for a championship when we get back to Phoenix. Yeah, I believe that can happen. We've been talking about it for a while now. Rudy Rigatoni's ready to post out. I, I just I think it's I think it's time. I agree with you on that. Um this is a great uh, I'm gonna save uh Pepper MDs for last. That's a great one. Um Naspiracy, when NASCAR doesn't penalize all four Hendrick cars, they they still may get penalized. That was from Paul. Uh still up in the air, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't really know what's gonna happen there. So I appreciate you. Um okay, let's just I'm just gonna read this off. Fuck Mary Kill, Atlanta Rappers Edition. This is from Peppa MD. All right. So for those of you that are aren't familiar with the rules. You would choose one that you would fuck, one that you would marry, and one that you would kill. This is the hardest one I've ever read in my life. Gucci Mane, Luda, as for Ludacris, and T.I. For one, the first option is tough because I, I, I feel like in that moment, like, you know, you, you, you're, you're, you're a bottom boy out of these three guys. There really ain't nothing going on. I mean, you, you don't even want to think about these guys in that way. This is a hard one. But I guess I guess I would say, you know, if I if I was a girl, you know, probably probably want to be getting down with Gucci. You know, he seems. Why don't like we just? Or we could just. Or we could just take it as like who you love, who you like, and who you hate. That's kind of kind of straightforward. It's unfortunate, but you know, it's. I mean, that's how I take it, right? Like you 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 have one you love, one you like, like your starter, your backup, and someone you cut completely. So that's how I'm gonna answer this. I mean, you can answer it that way. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play by the rules here. Uh, hey, that's fine. That's fine. We got two um, different you know, perspectives. Mary, Mary probably want to be married to Ti. Uh, see, you know that's that's a dude that hustles. He takes care. I mean, he's got like eight kids, nine kids. Had a TV show. Great father. Takes care of things. All right, that's that's the kind of guy. And and it pains me to say it, but I guess Ludacris would have to end up in the kill thing. And I feel like he kind of killed his career a little bit after the Fast and Furious movies, even though he may have made it. I just feel like his rap game just kind of fell off because that that fast money came in. So yeah, Luda's an Luda's a fucking actor now, man. I I, I was gonna say the same now. thing. I was gonna say kill Luda for sure. Tough. Um, it was tough. I, right there. I, I mean, I felt uncomfortable answering that, but I, I mean, loved. I. I loved T.I. Like when I was a kid and I got into rap, like I loved T.I. I feel like he's been he's been around a long time. And I don't know the last I don't know the last album he came out with or last time he was he had a single or featured on something. I'm sure it hadn't been too long, but I, I used to fuck with T.I. a lot. So I'll go. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go T.I. my number one. All right. I'll put Gucci number two just because in high school. I wasn't big on Gucci because I feel like he's like lazy rap, but my friends all fucking love Gucci. So like he was, I mean, his music played at every single party we had, every single party. So yeah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go Ti, Gucci, and Luda because Luda's a fast, and furious legend over, over it, over everything. It feels like at least. So, um, great. love that question. Yeah, great. But, You'd be fucked by T.I., you'd marry Gucci, and you would you would kill Luda. So we'd both kill Luda. There. Yeah, I think that's I think most people would if you give those three guys, like I feel like most people would say that. But um good question. And last question. All right, now we got two more, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll answer this real quick. 
Stephen Waters asked about the Landon Huffman deal at Hickory Speedway. Um, if you guys know, like, we're not the biggest short track guys, but I did keep up with this and I, I, I read about it. And it is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, and not on Landon Huffman's side. Landon Huffman's right. Matt Weaver is right. Hickory Motor Speedway refusing to accept accountability for essentially making up a rule preventing these guys from racing because they thought they'd have an unfair advantage, even though their race cars were completely torn up. It's got to be one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. I'm not even going to lie, dude. Like, for a well-renowned speedway, uh, Hickory, I've heard so much about. I've seen so much more about it, especially with Dale Jr.'s continued growing association with short tracks. Um, It's just wildly nonsensical, dude. Straight up. Very, very stupid. I, I, for lack of a better term, I mean, or, or a better phrase, incredibly fucking stupid by the track, uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, and refusing to accept accountability. I can't remember what that guy's name is or whoever. The general manager with that note that he put out, trying to validate everything. Like, dude, you made up a fucking rule. That's so yeah. dumb. It's so fucking dumb. So that's all I'll say about that. That's what I take away from that as well. It almost seems like it was just some kind of like, you know, targeted rule at something or somebody. So, so he woke up and he felt emotional that day. He decided to to put his big boy pants on and, and make a decision and make the call. Um, and, and yeah, so now he's kind of getting low-key roasted for it. So deserves that. Uh, oh, high-key high roast. Well, he's getting high-key roasted for it because, okay. dude, accountability, man accountability take some responsibility and say that you were wrong about the way you handle everything i don't understand why people have such an ego where they won't just say hey i was fucking wrong it's the best thing you can do in life people will take shit to the grave and also too i mean i think people that are in these situations need to realize now that just because you run a short track that's not nascar or something else doesn't mean that you are safe from the eyes of the internet because that exists and your shit can get called out. So just if you're going to do some things like that, or you're going to, you know, be a part of the society today, just be ready to have your shit called out at any given moment, because that's the world we live in now. Um, so yeah, appreciate that question. Shout out to Landon Huffman. Uh, it's a good buddy of uh, our, our, our friend Moonhead, Travis Brown, good friend of his. So any friend of his is a friend of ours. It's uh, the way we see it. But yeah, I think that's all the questions. I think uh, we got one more. One okay, more. well, where is the one that I'm missing? Who will replace Justin Fox? Who will replace Harvick in the four car next year? I'm hoping LaJoy gets in it. Okay. That's a that's a great question. That's what I wanted to end with. Um, yeah. yeah, that is a great question. I, I mean, I personally feel like we are either going to see I, – I don't think Corey LaJoy comes over from SHR that I think that would take a lot. I feel like he is building something up good with Spire. He's got a lot going on with NASCAR. I don't know if he's, if he's going to make that move or not. And what, what that would do, what impact that would have with his stuff that he does with NASCAR. Um, But I do think that maybe we could see, you know, somebody like, I don't want to say Riley Hurts, but it's just like you, you want to believe that the guys in the Xfinity Series are going to have a great year, show up, show out, and then have a chance, right? Well, Cole Custer just got demoted, so he's down in the Xfinity Series. I don't think that they would bring him up into the four. Um, I really don't want to believe that they'd bring Riley Herbst up into the four. 
So they may have to go to an outside driver. You may know a little bit more, Dale, about who's got contracts coming up or whatever. But I, uh, I think with them bringing Ryan Priest in at this at this moment, that you know I, I've always felt like when the time is right, Haley Deegan will probably get into the four. But I don't think we're there yet. So I don't know. I, I, I can't honestly answer that and feel good about the answer. Watch out for Christopher Bell. I know they signed supposedly signed a long-term contract, but we don't even, we don't know the extent of his deal. Like we don't know the extent of his contract, right? Like talk about the Joe Gibbs kind of, kind of falling off a little bit when it comes to their, their driver lineup. You know, you lose Kyle Bush, probably going to lose Truex soon. I mean, if FedEx leaves, you're probably going to lose Denny to his own team. So watch out for Christopher Bell. Like, I, I want him to be the future of Joe Gibbs Racing, but Tony Stewart fucking loves Christopher Bell. If there's a way he can buy out his contract or get him in in the next couple of years, also similar sponsors. Uh, Reem. Reem is a big partner of Christopher Bell, and they've also been sponsoring Kevin Harvick a lot. Make that connection. Don't be surprised if Christopher Bell comes, leaves Joe Gibbs Racing and moves over to Stuart Hall's Racing. Another thing, too, is the dirt thing. Joe Gibbs has basically asked Christopher to stop doing dirt. I don't think Tony Stewart would do that. Tony Stewart is a big dirt guy. I think that is certainly an enticing feature that you could see Christopher Bell get at Stuart Hall's Racing. But outside of Bell, yeah, I like Corey LaJoy, too. You know, Corey's been grinding for a while and if anything, a one-year deal for Corey LaJoy, maybe you put him in the 41 and you move Priest to the four, um, you know, something like that. Cole Custer is, of course, going to be a big option. I think if Cole wins the Xfinity Championship, he's going to be back in cup. I think he's going to get a second chance. But it could be a two-year project for Custer, or he could just be end up being an Xfinity regular like Justin Allgaier and Elliot Sadler and – uh some like a couple of those guys that made their careers out of the, the Xfinity series. So other than that, I would hate to say that, see this happen, but Harrison Burton, I mean, just cause his dad, like, let's just be honest. Like that could be a big move. Like Wood brothers has always been a stepping stone for new drivers, right? Always has been a stepping stone. Trevor Bain was there. He goes to Roush right after, uh, Ryan Blaney was there. He goes to P- to Team Penske, and now we have Harrison Burton in the car. And Matt DiBenedetto kind of exited, but Harrison Burton's in there now, and he's got the funding. He's got the support. He literally, like, I don't even think his performance matters, which I hate. I think he'll be able to do whatever he wants because Jeff Burton is going to help him. And um, if I had a pick, Christopher Bell, watch out. I like the Chris Bell one, and it makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. And also, shout out to Tony Stewart on winning NHRA. Uh, he won Drag Race. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? Like this past weekend? Yeah, this past weekend. It's pretty nice. Neat. Oh, it- at the Gator Nationals. Yeah. Somebody put in there and played back. They were like, today's the day, boys. Harvick's going to win here. Tony Stewart won NHRA. <laughs> I was Damn. Like, hey, boys. <laughs> wow. No, that was a great answer, though, with the Chris Bell deal, especially with making the Ream connection and stuff. The Dirt Boy, you know, Chris Bell for Dirt. 
uh, game plan for dirt. We still got to make those books. Uh, I still- I'm telling you, man. Joe Gibbs Racing announced they signed a long, quote unquote, long term extension. Mm, I don't know about that, dude. I don't okay. know. Is Everything only long term extension. The, they supposedly did, but a lot allegedly is out of Joe Gibbs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. They are a clouded organization right now. So watch the fuck out. Yeah, also, cool. you know, I will say, what if Blaney? What if Blaney leaves Penske? I think Blaney signed for this year, or next year. Um, I think he signed through twenty twenty four. He could be a candidate at at the end of uh, at the I, end of twenty twenty four. I don't know. I mean, it is the, it is a Ford Camp thing. I just I just see Blaney finishing his career at Penske. I feel like he's already a career man at Penske. Unless he gets like really bad, and then like they just kind of don't renew his contract, I don't think that'll happen. I, I mean, dude, he he did sign a, a recent deal, but you go two years in a row without winning. I mean, it 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 will sour him out, especially with like Joey winning, Austin Cindric winning the five hundred, and kind of racing him not like a teammate. Don't ever rule it out. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys make moves, leaving different organizations that never would have thought of like a year prior to the move they made. So true. Could be a sneaky one. I mean, Kyle Bush, that was a pretty blockbuster deal. So, I mean, uh, we're definitely in that, that territory now. Um, but yeah, those were Twitter questions. Thank you guys for doing uh, that. And we, we appreciate it. We love answering these and talking about this stuff and it gives us some great stuff to discuss. I'm uh, working on trying to get a voicemail kicked up as well. But we will uh, we'll definitely do what we can to make sure that you guys are included. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at GarageGuysFS to get those questions in uh, so that we can keep answering them on the show. We appreciate you. And as always, uh, you know, follow us online on all social media. I'm at GarageGuyChase. Dale is at Dale Tanhart. Uh, you guys just keep doing the most. We're going to keep doing the most here on this show. We, and we just We can't thank you enough. Uh, for all the support and all the fun that we're having so far this year. So make sure that you do the following. Make sure that you go to the Daily Downforce. It's just dailydownforce.com. Go to the store. Check out our Garage Guys merch. Um, it just, yeah, it, do that. Do that ASAP because it's nothing better than to see a bunch of GGs out there on shirts and hats. And we finally got them. We finally got merch. The Discord is free. Um and other than that, this has been a show. And I hope appreciate you Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Dale appreciates you. I appreciate you. Um, we'll Thursday see you night. Atlanta. See you Thursday night. Thursday night in Atlanta, Dale Center. Be there, be square. Love y'all. <laughs>